welcome to What Are You Laughing At? The British Comedy Guide website brought to life through the power of podcast. Joining me today are podcast regular, stand-up stalwart and official punster in residence, Tony Cowens. Hello. Hello, Tony. Nice to see you here. Tony's wearing, we can't see this, but a very, very loud shirt for the uh, podcast, but um, we'll try and tone it down in the edit. Um, Our special guests today, yes, that's right, not one, but two special guests, don't say we don't spoil you, a great double act, stars of the Edinburgh Fringe and now of their own TV series, which started this week on BBC Two. Delighted to be here with Lorna and Ingrid, better known as Watson and Oliver. Hello. Hello. Hello, nice to see you. See you here. Lurking as ever in the background, his eerie presence casting a threatening shadow over any of us who may dare to converse in grammatically incorrect subclauses, our leader and BCG Suprema, Aaron Brown. Hello. Of course, the really big news uh, to begin with is um, my first new stand-up comedy show in 20 years. Uh, <laughs> and that's very sad news, of course. The uh, death of Frank Carson uh, died age 85 or 86, if you look at the BBC website, or 84, if you look at the copy of Metro that I saw on the tube uh, coming in. Um, Frank Carson, uh, big big stand-up comedy star, of course. Spent 50s, uh, he was in a parachute regiment, I'm told. Uh, then he uh, entered the showbiz and uh, he won Opportunity Knocks and was on Good Old Days and, of course, was best known, uh, certainly for my generation, um, teenagers, as uh, the star of the comedians. I mean, he was, by far and away, the biggest star. Uh, comedians, Wheel Tappers and Shunter's Social Club and... Um, and he was also on Tiswas, so he was he was one of the few comedians from the show, the comedians who actually, I would say, wasn't affected adversely by the, the rise of alternative comedy. Uh, anyone, any thoughts? Um, well, he was probably one of the first stand-ups I was really aware of, thanks to being on Tiswas. Right. I was a big Tiswas fan as a kid. Yeah. So yeah, he was uh, introduction to stand-up comedy, and I, I like I find it quite interesting that he was from that generation, the seventies and the eighties, but he doesn't, he never seemed to get tarred with the the brush of um, being extremely racist and well, he wasn't. Sexist. He wasn't racist, and I suppose he he kind of relative to the uh, to, to what was being done by most of the people on those that show, the comedians, you know, the, the sort of the mother-in-law kind of staple gags. And most, most of what he did was more kind of absurd, really. Yeah, he seemed to have sort of surrealism. Yeah, yes, and so and so he just carried on, and um, I, I don't know. You, you guys have any uh, recollection of? I remember what I remember. My my grandfather was a big fan, and, and I remember seeing him with my granddad. Really ages. Me. <laughs> oh no, I don't think. Yeah, my grandfather used to watch him. I'm, yeah. I'm of course he was yeah. 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 Um, but I, I remember he had a lovely. I remember him thinking he was very warm. He had a really lovely face and a sort of exactly that. He wasn't sort of. He wasn't a racist. Uh, wasn't a racist. Which is always a bonus yeah. in my eyes. <laughs> right. Frankly. Yeah. This is Frank Carson we're talking about, not your grandfather. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. oh my grandfather's deeply racist. He's not. Right. He's, yeah. not. <laughs> he's not. He's not. He really isn't. I think grandfathers are. I think it was. Uh, <laughs> no, he really isn't. He'll be horrified that I've said that <laughs> in public. Um, okay, well, we withdraw accusations of racism uh, of the uh, uh, Oliver household there. Um, <laughs> But um, I, I, this bizarre thing that happened uh, to me it was sort of in about the late 80s. I'd been a stand-up for about three years, and I was just kind of driving home one Sunday afternoon through, uh, through Battersea. And I stopped at traffic lights. There's a bingo hall uh, on the corner. And just the corner, I saw this sort of handwritten, sort of scrawled sign outside it. And it was like four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. And it said, uh, appearing now, live, at the bingo hall, Frank Carson, followed by the swinging blue jeans. And I thought, oh, blimey, you know. 
50p scroll in it, so I'll sort this. I've got to, I've got to see this, you know, Frank Carl. Um, so I got out of the car and I, I went in and I tried to find, pay my 50p. There was nobody there. There was no nobody at the door or anything. So there was, so I just kind of wandered in off the street, and uh, there were about sort of 200 people in this room who were clearly there to play bingo. They weren't that bothered about, about um, Frank Carson. There was Frank Carson on stage in the bingo hall. It wasn't like a stage or theatre. It was a bingo hall. The house lights were all up. He was on stage. It could have been somebody sweeping. And he was there. And he was he was really working, really working hard. And he was throwing out these gags. And he was, you know, about ten people out in the room who were actually sort of watching him and enjoying it. You know, wasn't the that the all. same time as the bingo? Not quite at the same time. I think they were obviously they were waiting for the bingo. I mean, it's amazingly, not the same time as the swinging blue jeans. <laughs> you could imagine they'd both be happening. Uh, and, and he was, and it, it kind of in that moment, there was sort of so much went through my head. Like I'd been, I'd been doing stand up for about three years. And I thought, God, is this, is this what a vision of the future? Am I going to be in my sixties? You know, kind of struggling in a bloody bingo hall after those sort of years of massive success. And, it was only kind of years later I realised that you know, he just he'd just play anywhere. He just kind of uh, oh, he was, maybe he was over in London for the weekend and there was sort of the bingo hall. So he said, "Oh, could I come and do some?" It's, it's hardly like he's trying out new material. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a true as a stand-up who loves what they do. I yeah. admire that so much. I mean, you yeah. want to do a gig yeah. wherever it is, whenever. It was just seeing him, and you know, seeing a great hero, but just seeing him, you know, kind of really working, yeah. working mm. hard, really quite. You know, he was famously, he was never really off, was he? he was that's, well, that's right. Well, there's a, a, a quote uh, which uh, Aaron gave. He said, the "Spike Milligan uh, joke: What's the difference between Frank Carson and the M1? You can turn off the M1." <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, which is a great uh, a great episode, I suppose that for, for any stand comedian, you know. Mm. The, the final thing you can say about him, he just would not shut up. <laughs> he would not get off. We all know people like that. So, Why uh, did you gesture at me when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I yeah. We all know. I say we all know. Oh, we all know. People. I was including yeah, you in the we all know like Maybe you are. I don't know. Are you one of those people who doesn't get off? I don't know. I've only seen you no, perform twice. No, so. I, I get off as soon as I can. Take the money and run. Great professional showbiz <laughs> attitude there. Leave them wanting more. Yeah, yeah. Well, sad to see him go, but good innings, as they say, 84, 85, or 86, depending on which uh, media outlet you believe. So, the other news then, uh, apart from my new one man show, uh, etc., Theatre 6th to the 24th of March, hurry, hurry, only 3,000 tickets left. Uh, BBC Three are doing a new uh, comedy dating show. Um, why does my heart feel like it's sinking? <laughs> uh, no, I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, half Take Me Out. Half Peter versus life. Um, well, good, that sounds like a good winner halves. already. Yes. For me. I'm loving it. Yes. Yes. Just I like Peter versus life. And it's a great show, and uh, I take, love Take Me Out. Take Me Out has a, definitely has a yes. has a um, uh, has something that you know no, no kind of ITV. Uh, dating type show has had for a long time since the sort of glory days of blind date. Apparently, that's what they that. say in the in the papers. Are yeah. oh, prostitutes allowed <laughs> love? Aaron? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, have you not seen Pretty yes. Woman? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But anyway, um, take me out and Pete versus Life. I, I, I don't know. It sounds quite good. Eight part series has been produced by Lion TV. Makers of Horrible Histories. It's going to be coming out quite soon, actually. You know, it's March. 
Now, this is big news. This definitely is big news. I've got written down here. ITV order sitcom pilot. Now, how about that? Um, <laughs> they haven't done that for a long time, have they? The last one that I remember that they... 2008. Uh, yeah. Is that, was, is that was the last yeah. pilot oh, winning from records yeah. from ITV. Um, what was that? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, they did about four in that year, including yeah. Harry Hill's Soapington Way, was right. it called? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, None of them were commissioned. Right. Um, they did make Teenage Kicks, though, which had been a radio yeah. show, Colonel, um, sitcom starring Aid Edmondson Aid mm. as, as Aid Edmondson, effectively. And they did Moving Wallpaper, of course. Um, yeah. Peter Fincham, who's the uh, who's in charge at ITV, he said um, he, he had actually he admitted that ITV had lost their nerve with comedy, uh, and he says he wants more, and he's uh, looking for some kind of pilot season. This is the first uh, sign that anything's going to happen. So, I mean, they've never given up. Since Peter Fincham took over at ITV, they've never kind of given up on comedy. And there is a sense... We say that, but it was 2008 when he took over, which is just about when they seem to give up. Which coincided with the uh, With the downturn and the the massive loss of... Paul Jackson joined about two years earlier, and that was was, was when they were Mm. determined to do comedy. So, um, which is, I suppose, a good point to bring in the mention of, uh, of Sky, and, and you know, we all know Sky have been like, commissioning like crazy, um, and I was just mentioning there's another commission, yes? Um, yes, Sky. Uh, Sky picked up uh, Chickens, the sitcom pilot that was shown on Channel 4 Comedy Showcase in September 2011, um, that's uh, the sitcom set... Uh, during the First World War, oh, with sort of a group of conscientious, right. conscientious Easy objectors, um, uh, created, starring, written by um, Johnny Sweet, Simon Bird, and Joe Thomas. Right. Um, Any idea why Channel Four turned it down? Uh, I assume they just didn't feel it um, had enough mileage in it. They, they, they never, yeah, they, they never. They never to my knowledge, officially confirmed. Right, um, okay. But it's just this news now that Sky have plucked it. Okay. Very much like This Is Gintzy, which, of course, piloted on BBC Three before oh, right. okay. Sky Atlantic. Yeah. And that's, that's got another series, hasn't it? This Is Gintzy. Yeah. Yeah, it's jo- jolly good. Um, yes, they're trying, and they're doing all sorts, aren't they? And they've got, so, of course, Veep will be um, coming out in... End of April on Sky Atlantic. This is the HBO joint HBO uh, sitcom um, written by Simon Blackwell. Um, um, that's amazing. Great, the great yeah. Simon Blackwell. Yeah. Um, and, um, and the, the spontaneous cheering broken out in the offices of, uh, offices of PBJ, which is where we are at the moment, home to Simon Blackwell, among others. And that's why maybe the mention of the name is... Uh, he's very popular here. He's very popular. Well, he's a very popular man. He's a brilliant writer. Uh, and uh, got Julia Lewis-Dreyfus playing the uh, vice president, American vice president. And I've seen some uh, a few little clips and it looks great and I've heard that it looks brilliant and um, people people are generally very excited about it so that's um, again that's another show that unfortunately is not going to get seen a great deal is it and I mean this, I, I, I could just sort of talk to you guys about the, about we were talking just before we started about how uh, you know Sky all credit to them they're making loads and loads of stuff uh, unfortunately it's not 
getting seen that much, but it's it's like a sort of training ground for people. Um, but I suppose the difference between anything that starts on Sky and anything that starts on BBC, I mean, there's, 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 a, there's a quite a huge burden of expectation, isn't there, when a new show starts on, mm. on the BBC? I mean, your show came out on Monday. How, how, has, how have you sort of felt about that? Has, have you felt that much over the last <clears> six months? Or well, so? we, um, I mean, when it came out on Monday night, we I went round to Lorna's house and... Uh, we were both shaking with fear and anticipation because uh, it, it feels like a very big deal. And well, because people keep telling us it's a big deal, and we knew we knew it was a big deal, but we were hoping to be spared the uh, the sort of the reality of it. And and the sort of in the lead up to it, of course, it, there's a lot of press um, around it. And and yeah. I think particularly because we're a female double act, and and the, the story that that carries with it. Um, so. You know, there's been a bit of a frenzy, and mm. and yeah, it, it it does affect, it does affect. Mm. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking as I was kind of thinking about what what we were going to talk about today. I think I didn't want to go down the route of oh, female double act, you know, and uh, but I was then struck by the fact that um, it's the first commission of a of a female double act by the BBC for 25 years. So French and Saunders being the last the last one. There's there's no getting away from the fact that that. Um, you know the BBC has been pretty lax in in that sort of area, but I mean, it's it's a sketch show, isn't it? <clears throat> first and foremost, yes, the, yes. The female dinner is is not you know that's, that shouldn't be the big deal, really, should it? No, no, but it's the easy story, I think. I, I suppose that's the and the fact that we we went straight on to BBC Two and we didn't start on BBC Three, which mm. I think or Radio Four, or Radio yeah. Four, yeah, yeah, of course, and. I think, you know, all the way through the writing process, you have that in the back of your mind. Mm. Oh, crikey, this is for BBC Two. And so, you know, I think, you know, once it came out on Monday night, I think we finally acknowledged that it it was actually going out on (laughs) BBC Two. It took about a year to settle in. Yeah, I mean, it's been quite a long sort of gestation process. Were you originally going to do a series on E4? Is that correct? Or, no, or? we did a we did a um, a fifteen minute short, a comedy comedy, comedy cuts. cuts, funny cuts, funny cuts, funny cuts, three yeah. four. So, and right. that was never that was never due to become that was never picked up as right. a series. That was always just a, a one off. But right. we um, we uh, it was after our last Edinburgh, which was two thousand and eight. We we signed a development deal mm. with the BBC. So that was a year of developing and, and coming up with a script right. to do. Um, Pilot. To do at the pilot stage, and we did a couple of read-throughs for the BBC, and um, finally we were gone to the pilot, which was sometime a year and a half ago, something like that. Yeah, November, like that. November two thousand nine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it was recorded right? in March two thousand and ten. Thank you. Oh, thank, <laughs> thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much. Aaron knows more about anything about yourself. Yeah. Extraordinary. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, and, and, and so and then and then we, we sort of waited a couple of months to write, to hear back, and they and then they said, um, how long do you want to write the series? Which is a bit, uh, you know, a lovely, which is what we'd heard that the BBC tend to nurture you. They mm. tend to sort of look after, you know, give you time, yeah. basically. And we said, oh, can we have a year, please? And um, Not knowing how long it would actually take us. Yeah. That right. seemed like a good figure to start with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A decade, please. <laughs> yeah. Would that be all right? Yeah. So, we've, um, so yeah, so that's, it's mm. been about maybe two years, she said again, looking at Aaron yeah. for right, confirmation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, so, yeah. I won't yeah. bother interviewing now. <laughs> so tell us, uh, Aaron, the process. Of <laughs> so, yes, um, um, Little Britain started on the radio, and goodness gracious me! And uh, League of Gentlemen, they kind of 
concurrently, I think, did radio and TV, which is a bit odd, but did, did you ever think about uh, Radio 4 for radio? Yes. Yeah, I mean, we did. We, we, we were approached to do a pilot for Radio 4, and um, I think it's just fair to say it didn't really work out. <laughs> it didn't work out. They didn't, I don't think they... I think, I think we were we were still finding our, and I use the word voice in inverted commas, right. um, and, and we... It just didn't work. I think they didn't... We didn't quite know what we wanted to do. They didn't quite know. I think I think it was at the Bird and Radio Four because Radio Four we, we we neither well I certainly didn't listen to that much Radio Four. I do now. I, I listen to it a lot. But at that point, so I think we felt I don't know what we thought a, a pilot for Radio Four would sound like. Mm-hmm. But I think that sort of influenced our our writing rather than actually just trying to do our own our own show maybe. Yeah. Um, so yes, in answer to that we, we tried and it didn't work. It just yeah. didn't work Because I mean this is all you know, League of Gentlemen and Little Little Britain one, one thinks of them as very sort of uh, visual mm. uh, shows and I think about yours as well. I'm just, just looking at you now and kind of can't think without thinking about the eyebrows on the, <laughs> yeah. the top there. But uh, uh, I mean are you conscious with, with, with the, the writing process of, of having to Visual as well, because because there's a lot of great sort of word word play in what you do. But uh, you were aware of having to work at that sort of visual side as well. Yes, I would say so. Um, well, this one is uh, she she loves a bit of slapstick, Ingrid. Um, and um, <laughs> yes, yeah, always um, trying, always always, always trying to end the sketch on a on a fall or a walking into a door. Actually, no, I didn't suggest slipping on a banana skin at one point, but I, that was sort of ironic. But sure, and Lauren always has to rein me in and say we can't end it, we can't end a sketch on a on a on on that. Um, and I think it's the poorer for it. Um, but no, you know, we are quite physical. I think yes, we are. It's been quite physical, yeah. and I think actually, what, remembering what it was like writing the radio pilot, there were moments of frustration when we we simply the best way to end the sketch that we were working on was with a physical punchline in some cases mm. and it was quite irritating when you you can't do that yeah. you know, on radio yeah. so I think we have always been quite physical actually yeah. and we're quite with yeah. each other with each other so that's the future reference uh, viewers that's the next next five episodes <laughs> late and live with Watson and Oliver um but you've been uh, you've, you've, you've known each other for, for years, haven't you? And when uh, you, was at school, you first met. I think mm. that right? Yeah. Yes, and how, how did that happen? Was the, 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 there a kind of battle of class clowns or something? Or, or uh... well, we um, well, I, I came to the school late because I, I, I went to a German school before before okay. I came to secondary school. But um, right. but just I, because you fancied that yeah, uh, it was the closest got, school on uh, the school. I to mix things up. A bit, I like yeah. to mix things up. Um, right, okay. Uh, and uh, so I thought it was time to start going to an English school at the age of about thirteen, and, and came to came to Tiffin Girls Kingston upon Thames, and um, we sort of well we did similar classes, and we just we we, we, we became friends very quickly, I think, um, and and yeah we we weren't very cool, uh, and that's that's sort of that's oh, oh sorry. Um. It's out there now, um, and uh, that's kind of stayed with us um, yeah. in terms of I, I think our sort of comedy style. Um, we're quite silly, and yeah. and I think we gravitated towards each other for that reason. Mm. Well, that and the fact that you were 
always in my form room yes. for no apparent reason. I was scared of my form, so I kept it on his form. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's brilliant. I mean, it's, a, it's fantastic. I always, you know, uh, when I started out, I used to see various people who were in double acts and things, they'd been together since they were 10 or 12 or whatever. Yeah. And I'd always thought, God, I wish I'd met somebody. You know, when I was the, the, the weird one at school who no one would talk to. <laughs> Did you ever? Have that? I, I was lucky. I was I was a group of about four weird ones. So. <laughs> oh, <right. Okay>. I <laughs> think I said I was really popular, so I didn't have yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Didn't have that problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I was because I went to a grammar school, and then we weirdly, my little group of there was like I say, there was about four of us. We weirdly straddled the super brainy kids and the. Uh, thickies who were bullies so we were kind of somewhere in the middle we were like this weird buffer zone so we managed to we managed well, to stay intelligence yeah something. we managed right. to stay reasonably friendly with the, the boffins as we called them right uh, who could help us with homework and stuff but we were still friendly we were cool enough not to get the absolute crap kicked out right. of the bullies how did you do that was that through your sense of humour comedy yeah. I know it's a cliche but it probably yeah. was partly and mm. uh, an occasional periods of going absolutely mental mm. um, that used to be my, my um, way of avoiding getting bullying is, is if someone started picking on me I used to just go properly nuts <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what that would look like yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of flailing limbs <laughs> windmilling windmilling yeah. arms it once yeah. involved stabbing, stabbing someone in the arm with a compass <gasps> wow oh, Wow. See, this is a sign of really casual it's assault. It's gone really dark. So it's it's gone really, yeah. Yeah. really quickly. I was going to say, a, a choice pun. Yeah. 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 A withering shut down. down. Just no, I, I can get physical <laughs> with that. I can get physical <laughs> with the rest of them. Good Lord. You can take wow. the boy out of the uh, of East Anglia. Just yeah. Move your yeah. pen yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> like so sharp, it, isn't it? It didn't happen very often, but when it happened, it was spectacular. Wow. Well, I don't know if uh, this <laughs> calls to social services after this uh, podcast. We shall see. Um, yeah, but uh, it is. I mean, it's, it's it is great, isn't it, to have somebody who you know yeah. who, who is there. I, I remember um, um, Dennis Norden uh, saying that there was uh, you know he, he always felt he needed to be in a double act because there's always there always needs to be one person to do the typing and one to stare out the window. So. Um, <laughs> Do you, you I think we have a window and yeah. we take it in turns to type. Right, to be um, the typer. Yeah, although actually when we... We used to literally uh, share one computer and take it in turns to type. Then somebody... Um, rec- well, somebody suggested cleverly that we both write on separate computers and then we'll get twice as much done. It hadn't occurred to us for about five years. Um, and we thought, well, that's a genius idea. So we started doing that. And actually, when you with the series, there's so much to write. We wanted to overwrite as well. Um, that was the only way we would ever have got, you know, that amount of sketches. And it is um, in terms of, but yes, and in terms of being in a double act, being with somebody else. I just, oh, thank God, because I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't have happened, you know. I don't think. Mm. I, I think you have the strength to do things that you wouldn't necessarily have to do on your own. And just having someone there when you're having a terribly insecure day and you're filming and, and have someone there to give you a cuddle. I mean, it's as simple as that. To tell you you're great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that happens in male double acts. I'm sure it does. Um, yeah. But, you know. Probably too but, much. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. But, um, no, it's, it, was, it was just, it, it is lovely. I'm not going to lie to you, Have either of you performed solo? Oh, I did stand-up, actually, oh, before right, okay. Watson and Oliver. Um, right. Not well, but I did it. Um, I did a lot of open mic, right. you know, 
nights and yeah. um, traipsed around London on my own, depressed, mm. tired. Um, died many, many times. I love that story um, about a queue of stand-ups waiting to give you feedback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was trying to remember where that was, but I, I came off stage one night. Cafe. There was about ten comics waiting to give me tips on how yeah. I could improve. Oh, I took well, they'd obviously seen something. <laughs> or, or not. They just <laughs> simply wanted to help me. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a funny... I, the thing is, I'm, I have been, and I still am, a big fan of stand-up comedy. But what I didn't realise was I was confusing loving stand-up comedy with thinking I could do it myself. Right. And um, so I'd much rather sit down and watch somebody who's good at it do it. It's, it's a different skill, isn't it? Did you ever sort of think about doing the double act actually in sort of stand-up gigs at all? Oh, we, we have actually. Did, yeah. we, uh, we have quite recently. Um, yes. But just before we shot the show... And the BBC were encouraging us, um, quite rightly, to uh, test our material before we started filming. And so they booked us uh, a gig outside of London, um, in Glasgow, actually, at the stand. Mm-hmm. In a nice soft male. gig, they said. <laughs> they said a nice <laughs> soft gig to ease yeah. you in. They could have yeah. chosen about 50 possible places I mean, in yeah. London. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But they wanted it to be outside London, which is fair enough. Yeah. But, but Glasgow, which, which actually is you know, a lovely Neutral. place. No, but, no, but, yeah. but sort of in mythology, in terms of comedy mythology, it's gone down as being a notoriously hard to play. Yeah. And it was an all-male stand-up night, and the um, compare had, had <laughs> promised somebody all along the lines of Frankie Boyle headlining at the end. And um, so everyone had very high expectations. And then we came on, and... He got our name wrong. He, Did he make they, sure they, to point um, out you were English? Bear in mind, yeah, mind yeah. the previous comments no. had, had made jokes about English cunts and everyone had cheered and Laura and I were standing in the back watching going, oh, yeah. my, we are, we're going to die. We're actually going to die. <laughs> Physically die. Uh, yeah. This is it. This is the yeah, end. Not just metaphorically. Um, and, and we came on with, with wearing dealie boppers because we were doing a sketch about bees and and couldn't get on the stage though. because we, we got jammed in the door in the doorway so there was silence just people watching the stage (laughs) thinking is this a joke (laughs) and and we set up and we did the first sketch and no one laughed and I my mouth went so dry I've never had that before because I don't get too nervous but my I I could my my tongue was stuck to the roof of my mouth I couldn't speak and I thought we're going to have to get off the stage after this sketch because I don't think we can do this in silence for 20 minutes having flown up and spent sort of 24 hours gearing ourselves up mentally for it and then, and then by the second sketch, it kind of started. It was all right, and, and we got a few laughs. And then, by the third, and it sort of grew and it grew. And then by the end of it, oh well, let's just say we stormed Glasgow, and that was and that was the happiest it, it, gig of, of, of our lives. It I was think. one of those proper turnaround gigs. That yeah. We started off thinking we were going to die, mm-hmm. and we left on a real high with lots of new Scottish friends. Yeah, yeah, it was really lovely, yeah, yeah. but petrifying. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> we'll always have Glasgow. <laughs> we'll always have Glasgow. <laughs> planning to do any more, any more live shows? Yeah, we, we will. Really like to. Yeah, we will. We, ha- we have to start, I think, yeah. getting back out there again. I think yeah. it's, it is really helpful to do yeah. stuff. We were worried that, you know, doing television sketches is very different from doing live sketches, but actually, actually the stuff that we've tried out that worked well live worked on that worked I think they're probably best on the, on the television as well so mm. there is something to be gained from it definitely mm. I know Armstrong and Miller do sort of they do read throughs before their shows and, yeah. and it helps I quite like the idea of doing that yeah. as well yeah mm. now I know it's getting harder and harder isn't it when a new show starts I don't know if either of you are on the 
Twitter at all, but the opening credits are barely finished. Yeah. And the first person comes on and opens their mouth or something else. Well, we have people, Chris, God, this is yeah, shit. the trailer, the, tra- the minute the trailer is not, it's like a yeah. 10 second trailer. Oh, this looks shit. And you think, God, yeah. guys, kill, kill them. Yeah. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm worried about it back, way back in the old days of about five years ago when, mm. when they were sort of being absolutely paranoid. They, they'd look at the overnight figures for a show and say, oh, we were supposed to get. You know, we needed to get 1.8 million, and we only got 1.6. I was like, come on, you know, it's a comedy show. Give people, give people a chance to get to know the show. And Twitter just seems to have kind of speeded up that process. Mm. Of, were you aware of any kind of the, the, from the BBC at all? Any kind of the people kind of going, oh no, someone slagged it off on Twitter. Um, well, no, well, we we um we we sort of. I mean, I think it's very hard, as you say, a, a sketch show is different anyway. And, well, first of all, when you, no one knows who we are, so there isn't that, people aren't buying, they don't mm. tune in because they know us and like us. And secondly, a sketch show, you know, with Miranda, for example, which is, which is a brilliant show anyway, but, but you, you return every week because you want, to, you want to see the characters and you invest in those. And mm. I think with sketch shows, it's much harder to get that kind of um, loyalty, as it were, towards a sketch show. And Twister certainly, you know... We, we've tried to avoid, although it, it, we, we got a tweet from Jennifer Saunders um, and, and spontaneously burst into tears. God, we're such, we're such women. Um, you know, because it was a massive moment. And, and, and for, for that, Twitter is extraordinary that you can directly, you know, converse with somebody that you would never probably have got in touch with previously. But um, so I, I, Miranda Hart actually said to us, don't, don't look at Twitter because it's, you know, you get a skewed vision. So most, you know, someone, most people who watch the show especially the kind of show I think that, that, that ours is will, won't be on the internet you know they'll be up somewhere um, Glasgow up somewhere where should I pick but you know they won't necessarily be uh, Twitter gives you a skewed view of the world yeah, I think no, and, and yeah. people who are on Twitter are probably you know people Angry. like us and no, you know people who have opinions about about things um, but so you know, you don't hear necessarily about the people who liked the show, and you you sort of imagine they don't exist because you've just seen what's, what people have been spouting on Twitter. And everyone's entitled to their opinion, of course. And it's you know, the whole comedy, of course, is subjective. So some people will hate it, and just by by the very definition of being human being and having opinions. Um, and hopefully, some people will. Did like you it. guys? Well, just, yeah. Did you guys have an idea who your audience would be? Do you have? Well, I think. We're thinking back to sort of uh, live shows sort of in Edinburgh. We always have very mixed audiences. Mm. And um, I think it's a big mainstream show. Mm. Um, I don't know. Not when we were writing it, we weren't really thinking about it. Because, I mean, you've got quite a few comparisons with Morton and Wise, you, which must be great. To... I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Morton and Wise were That, that, that was too shabby. And, that was um, lovely. Well, we did, we did, I mean, we did, you know, we knew that because we had that, that element in the Edinburgh shows, the, the big musical finales, and we knew that that was something that Mork and Wise had done, so we, we prepared ourselves for people to go, they're like, Mork and Wise but shitter, um, <laughs> because obviously people love Mork and Wise, and um, so we knew we were slightly laying ourselves wide for that kind of, that kind of criticism. But that format, that having a big finale and, you know, getting to know us mm. a little bit in, within a, a sketch show, which you don't see that often, no, um, it, it was, is quite an old-fashioned format. Yes, but it is, yeah. It's, it's something that we've always done. Our very first mm. Edinburgh was that. It was that yeah. format. So, yeah. You know. 
make them laugh, make them cry, and leave them with a song. You know, it's the yeah. old showbiz yeah. adage, really. Yeah. Or, in my case, leave them with four songs. But that's uh, well, I, I used to do. Mm-hmm. Dave Cohen, that's... Songs in a Flat at Sector Theatre, 6th to the 25th of March. Thank you very much. Oh, sorry. It's good to stop going on about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk to you about your show, you know. Uh, yes, Morgan Wise, that's right. Yes, uh, thanks for, for mentioning that. Tony, um, because also, uh, I mean, the, the, the British Comedy Guide Forum, the, the sort of notorious uh, bellwether for um, comedy shows, and uh, they, were, they, were, they were sort of uh, basically uh, positive. Oh, that's you know, good. They were, um, you know, it's the sort of place where a, a, lot, a lot of people... I think on the British Comedy Guide forums are people who want to be comedy writers, and uh, and we all know as writers and performers, we see something on telly and we think, oh, I could have written that, mm. uh, but you didn't. Mm. Um, so there you go. But I mean, there's a, definitely there's a lot of positive things. I mean, the thing that struck me about the show, I mean, there was some, there were like they were good, they were all nice, sort of good length, chunky sketches, and there was just some. Each of the sketches had a little something about them that was just a really nice little uh, take. I mean, I haven't seen the next episodes, but are there are, are there sort of running characters? And, uh, yeah. Other, Although uh, we wanted yeah. <clears throat> we wanted uh, for there to be some good one-off standalone sketches as well. We didn't want it just to be all the same characters in every um, single. And episode. we don't repeat the sketches six. We, there's only one sketch that comes about six. In all six episodes, mm. most yeah. of them come out three times, or no, there's yeah, three or four max, three or four maximum, I think, yeah, because we didn't want it to be every show was the same, yeah, yeah. um, which you know doesn't make financial is sense, this, sure, in a sketch show, but um, you know, <laughs> yes. it's important to mix up. Is the show format sort of similar each time with you said about the song dance sort of thing at the end? We have four with big finales, yeah, mm-hmm. one doesn't have any finale. And one has a, has a music video instead. We were sort of experimenting with that, which, which um, we, we which was one of our Edinburgh um, shows. Um, Lorna oh, plays yeah. Julio Iglesias, and I play Enrique. Yes. And it's like a father and son <laughs> duet. Um, very cheesy. It was great against a green screen. And it looks it looks good. We saw it. Yeah, not too long ago. We're wearing white linens and a chest Ooh. wig. My <laughs> <laughs> lady waistline, which didn't quite work. But anyway, <laughs> I can do it with that. <laughs> Just, I mean, you mentioned about it being the sort of traditional uh, format of these. I mean, who, who were your kind of comedy heroes? Really eclectic mix. Uh, you know, as a young girl, I'd watch whatever my mum and dad watched. So mm. things like, uh, well, Morecambe and Wise Two, Ronnie's Kenny Everett. Remember the Kenny yeah, Everett? Kenny. Um, and uh, and then sort of formative teenage years. Um, shows like uh, Mary Whitehouse Experience was massive when we were at school. I remember had mm. to watch that, and um, a lot of double acts. So Fry and Laurie. French and Saunders, can't think of it anymore. Smith and Jones, Smith and Jones. Smith and Jones. Well, it's yeah, that 90s heyday when it was, there were lots of really good double acts. Yeah. Mm. That's what I remember watching a lot of. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Hail and Pace. Hail and Pace? Ooh, yeah. I, I thought Pace. Do you love Hail and Pace? <laughs> Series one out on DVD. Is. On the 12th of March, I believe. Is it? <laughs> yes. Well, I should yeah. be hot footed to watch be after this interview. Yeah. 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 So, a, a real mixture. And then things like Big Train, I mean, one of the best yeah. sketch shows ever. Great, great sketch show. So, mm. are you interested in going beyond the sketch format, possibly, at this point? Or um, have you got any plans for. I mean, at this point, you know, touch wood, 
it would be lovely to get a second series. So I think I think you know it, it's a sketch format for now, which is, which suits us very well because I think we you know we can cast ourselves in parts that no one would cast us in right. <laughs> real life. Right. We've always been a period drama, period drama yeah. Or, yeah. or a spooks type drama. So that that is incredibly that's that that's good fun. You know, being able to do things like that, but. Um, be nice to do other stuff as well. You the know. studio sitcom would be uh, lovely as yeah. well. Like a really, you know, all that kind of thing. Love a good sitcom. Mm. Hard to get right, but when they do work. Mm. Are you trained sort of actors or um, have you? Uh, no. no. I did a one-year postgraduate right. acting degree. Right. Okay. Now, make of that what you will. I don't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that I learnt my. Um, it was a lovely school. Um, I wouldn't say that I learnt my. I wouldn't say you have to. You learn the job, I think, don't you? It's fine. I would say kind so. Of, yeah, yeah. Nothing prepares you for it until you actually do it. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I did always think though. I mean, there's just on I mean, my notices as well, Tony, on the circuit. There are def- definitely people who have got, who've learnt technique and things. They, they, they definitely. Yeah, you can spot you know, people who've had performance training. Yeah. Quite. But I mean, in a, in, in a good way, often, you know, if they're a good performer, it, it sort of it, it moves them along that's much quicker, yeah. doesn't it? Really? Do, you th- do you think? Oh, that's interesting. Well, it helps them to sell the material, I think. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. It's all very well having good material, but if you can't perform it particularly well. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think a lot of it is confidence. And um, I know. So you did you, a lot of improv, didn't you? Yeah. And, and that, that, if you can do that, I think you can pretty much that, do it. I know. And I thought that was actually. That was very useful. It was a very useful thing to be able to do improvise. Um, but I think the confidence factor going on stage, you know, I'm going back to my stand up, I call them my stand up days. <laughs> <laughs> my stand up days. Uh, you know, with no confidence at all, uh, shaking like a leaf on stage. And of course, an audience is not going to go with you. They want you to make them feel comfortable. Mm, and if true. they're watching you looking like you're about to poo yourself then there's no you know you, you're never going to be able to make them laugh unless you do actually poo yourself the same <laughs> some people might find that amusing now there is an act that people will pay good money to see yes. but do you know what I was watching the late and live shows on BBC have you been watching yeah, that yeah yeah Scott Capuro was told to pee on somebody's jumper on on stage on his first Nathan Live, and he did. Mm. He just got it out and had a wee. Was it Nathan Live at Gilded Balloon in Edinburgh? Edinburgh, That was was, was a bear pit. I I I remember being scared in the audience, thinking I can't imagine going up on that stage. It was (laughs) extraordinary. Mm. Really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, I think we found in the last podcast. I was just thinking about discussing... um, Jim Tabaret had seen Malcolm Hardy doing Eidswell and I saw Jerry Sellerick swinging on a punter on a, a swing <laughs> punter at the Tunnel Club oh, really lovely showbiz memories there wow yes, um, yes so um, I, I'm not sure that that would now be I don't know actually there's so many channels aren't there you know maybe you never know. a 27 episode commission from Sky you never know we'll see we'll, we'll see so um, I, I'm just I am quite curious it's interesting that you say that you took like a, uh, you, you were allowed like a year really and in fact you say you, you actually signed your the development deal with BBC what sort of three three years ago was there any sense at any point where, um, that, that people were saying you know come on we got something for our money did you ever get a feeling that you were being sort of pushed at all or? well I mean we Robert Popper was script editing us at the time and right. we were writing 
a heck of a lot of material actually. We were working really, really hard, but I think they wanted to allow us. They wanted to allow, I think the BBC wanted to allow us the time to develop, to become better writers, to work out what it was that we, exactly that we wanted to do. And, um, and that takes time, so it's a luxury. It was a luxury, but it was a, I'm glad that we had, you know, that year to sort of try things on for size, you know, because actually our Edinburgh shows were quite, the sketches were often quite concept driven. And what we've ended up with is a sketch that's actually very character driven rather right. than, you know, the yeah. other way around. And we didn't know that that's what we wanted to do, but, um, you know, within that development year and having the luxury of that time, we, we worked out what we thought was best for us, for sure. TV. And with, I, I noticed that the, it's a joint production with Robert Hopper's production company. Mm. How, is that, how did that... Well, Robert um, had been championing us from the start and um, had a good working relationship, a friendship with Mark Freeland, um, who's head of comedy at the BBC. And between the pair of them, um, I think they pretty much came to all of our gigs <laughs> ever. They work well together and we work well with them and they are both massive lovers of comedy and all, all sorts of comedy as well and so we, went, we knew we were in brilliant hands and I can't imagine having done this without either of them actually. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, ask about the writing because as a writer myself as well I'm interested in, um, is it just the two of you do the writing or do you write with other people as well? Um, it's... It is mainly the two of us, and then we, we had, as 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 said, Robert script editor quite a lot, and, and Kevin Cecil as well came in oh, the later yeah. stages yeah. to script. He's brilliant, yeah. And um, we it was difficult because we, we had we had as as they do with all these sketch shows, I think that at the start they sort of put a general you know remit out to various writers, and so you get lots of things coming in that aren't specific to you, they don't know who you are. And yeah, we, yeah. We, I mean, we, we, we sort of waded our way through about, tw- about 1,200 or above pages of, of sketches. and The people had sent in cold, cold just they'd, yeah. they'd heard about the series. and mm-hmm. you know. So it was very hard to kind of go, well, that writer is definitely somebody we could work with because, because the, it's such a specific thing. It was such a specific thing we were looking for, I think. Um, and in the end, we, we found... Um, um, another, um, well, we found we knew him before, but Alex Lowe, who, who's um, who's, who's Barry from Watford. Again, yeah, Barry yeah. Again, a character yeah. comedian, so he, he yeah. knew how to write for a character, and he came right. up with I think a couple of my fav- favourite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the eyebrows. He wrote the eyebrow sketch. He oh, also right. wrote okay. um, a sketch coming up. We've got a few. We've got some, some one-off sketches. Yeah, from other some great as well. one-off sketches actually yeah. by other people. Um, and uh, and, we, and also what was, was great was we had some workshops, like writers' mm-hmm. workshops where we would sit in a room with maybe five comics and we'd brainstorm. Or if we, you know, we might have had ideas that we'd, we'd hit a wall with them and then we'd just throw it out there and see, and see what happened. And some of those writers' meetings I found incredibly... Uh, well, they're really interesting because it's an incredible way you, you, know, you can start off in one place with one, with one idea yeah. and then half an hour later you are on a completely different... You know, topic, but something that is a combination of about five different things that you just talked yeah. about. Mm. It, it's just, um, it was really useful. Do you find that you guys have worked together so long that you tend to come up ideas from a similar direction? So sometimes it's nice to get an outsider's perspective. Um, I don't know. Actually, I think we maybe I think, sometimes. I don't know. Maybe, but I, I mean, I think our sense of humour. Well, we we sort of tend to come up with different ideas, don't we? I think. We're quite different in, in the things that we... 
Lorna's obsessed with jockeys. She keeps trying to get them in the show. Oh, I'll give just, them, no, I'll give them I just won't let her. I know. It's really yeah. what you get fixated. Mm. Jockeys, you really want that in somewhere. I just get it. No, but I say it in every time we're brainstorming. I'll just say it first. <laughs> just to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean it. Horse or disc? What's that? Horse or disc? Horse jockeys, oh, riding, horse. riding, riding riders. Horse, yeah. But um, yeah. but no, it is it is useful because I think I think yes, it is useful to have other people's input inevitably. Yeah, um, because especially those moments where we've we've got to a point where we're sitting in an office and we're literally just saying what yeah. we see. Yeah. A sketch about a plant, sketch about a, a plant. picture, <laughs> literally, literally yeah. looking yeah. around. Geese yeah. in the field. Mm. Yes, geese are fun, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But I, th- I think it's the hardest discipline to come up with a, a, a sketch I mean a, a, a brilliant everyone remembers a brilliant sketch because a, a brilliant sketch is a sort of almost it's like a, it's, it's a sort of mini sitcom almost isn't it I mean you think of sketches like cliche one like the Pipe and Parrot sketch you've got so many things you know to get right and to just get yeah. into like a sort of two three minute frame you know it's yeah. interesting things people people get angry about sketches because not every sketch they find absolutely hilarious mm. and, a, and a winner which actually, when you think about it, is, is totally impossible because, I mean, you can't possibly have every sketch like an, an Andre Previn sketch. It's just it, the whole point that those sketches shine because they're in amongst lots of other things. And, and someone said to us once, didn't they, that as long as you have a brilliant sketch in each episode, mm. something that people go, that's really, really good, then that kind of can carry a. I don't, I don't mean carry a sketch out of series, but you know, like, you know, Armstrong and Miller had the pilot sketch, and that, that was something that everyone was talking about, and people kept coming back to the to the series because I think of the for some reason you just don't know what will land and what will it's a thankless task writing a sketch show well, isn't I'm, it? I'm fairly recently for various reasons was found myself watching an old um, Monty Python episode and uh, oh it was it was a struggle <laughs> but I mean there were about two yeah. sketches in there that were hilarious mm. but there was a very, two minutes very very Oh, it's, it's interesting, and isn't it? it? Sorry, it was kind of sorry. Yeah, it, it, there was stuff that was very similar to the famous stuff, mm. but not as funny and so mm. the, the equally long sketch. Well, people remember, you know, people can, you know, because we're a new double act. People compare us to people at their height who, who, who actually, when you think about some of the sketches that they maybe enjoyed, if you actually watched, as you say, an episode of something, they not every sketch was amazing, and unbelievable, and brilliant because. You know, they, they, there's so much material was created over those 10, 20 years where those people were working. So I feel slightly, you know, we, we you know, we watched um, an episode of Morecambe and Wise, I think, and sort of, you know, while we were writing the show. And some of their sketches were seven minutes long, which is also an, an you know, to, to, do, to do with the time when they were writing. But if we tried, we couldn't get away uh, with it. Same with Monty Python. I mean, yeah. Having watched, you know, I... I yeah, you can't get away with that anymore. People's attention spans seem to be shorter, and there's a, it's all about pace and cramming as many funnies as you can and make it end as quickly as possible. Kind of. <laughs> what I like about um, your your show, and, what, what, and you don't see it so much. I mean, I think Little Britain did this as well. You do get the sense that you've worked, you've, you've really, really worked to get a punchline. And I mean, I think this was um, those kind of. Partly with the, the, the fast show, the, the kind of the selling point of the fast show was oh, you, it moves so quickly that you don't need to have punchline to a sketch, which of course is a way of saying punchlines are the hardest thing to do. Wouldn't it be great to have a gimmick where and, and Monty Python did it as well, kind of based on the Spike Milligan Q series, which is oh, instead of ending the show with a punchline, we'll just walk into the next. Yes, yes. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. 
damage has I mean, been how, done before. How, how much time, dare I ask, do you spend on those punchlines? You, a lot, a lot. A lot. And, and Robert, isn't he? He's like, punchline, punchline, punchline. You've yeah. got to have a good punchline. He won't let us get away with no. weak punchlines. And it's so frustrating, isn't it? Because sometimes you have a really good idea... And there, there just is no punchline. There is no, for some reason, whatever the idea is, doesn't lend itself to a an obvious punchline. So you can't do the idea, and it's really annoying because you think, well, surely, can't we just? And I, I, I yeah, I mean, I'm fine. And the answer is always no. The answer is no. Yeah, you can't, can't do it. It's really annoying. Unless Except you do like two a years letter. later, suddenly you'll go. Oh, ah, so, yes. You see, that's why it still... took us a year to write the show because it took <laughs> yeah. about six weeks to write it, and then the rest of the the year was spent on punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. We've got another. You've got another five weeks of it, as you say. You, you haven't heard yet about whether you've got a uh, second series or not. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Uh, Fine, yeah. But are you planning, even regardless of that? Do you think you'll be going out and performing uh, live at all in the near future? Well, if yeah. we don't get another series, I'm thinking Edinburgh. Oh God! I'm going to put that out there now. Yeah. I really miss it. I miss it. I hear your sister. I really do. We both miss it. Yeah, I really miss it. I mean, that might be quite a a big ask, a big turnaround. I might need a holiday first, but I think, yeah, maybe this. Why not? You're already putting it off. I know. (laughs) Because you're right. Already procrastinating. (laughs) As I want. Yeah. Terrible. It'd be really nice. I think we miss we miss live performing. Um, You know. We're also doing Let's Dance for Sports Relief at the moment, so um, oh, that's, right. that's uh, <laughs> yeah, that pretty intense. Like, <laughs> that's going to be a live, live performing there, right there. Yeah. yeah, not been pre-recorded any of it yet, has it? Or, uh, the Let, Let's Dance. Yeah, we, we filmed a, a sketch for it yesterday. They do a sort of introductory sketch before the before the dance, um, right. but it's all live. Unfortunately. Right. Unfortunately, and ours we're not actually what we're doing, but it, is, it involves a high risk factor, and it might involve possible death. Not I can go that far, but yeah, actual physical harm. So right. on live television, so do tune in. Where's Terry Alderson? Yes, yes. brilliant, absolutely yes. hilarious. Yes. yes, indeed. Yes, it was very good. Right. Okay. Well, that's brilliant. Well, good luck with uh, sport relief, of course, and of course with the sketch show as well. Thank uh, you. Don't forget Monday nights, 10 p.m. on BBC Two. And um, well, thank you very much for coming in and talking to us. And thank you, Tony and Aaron. And uh, that has been what are you laughing at? My name is Dave Coe, and we'll speak again very soon.